Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Talkville, folks. The ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast where each week we go back, we go way back, we watch every episode. I hope you're enjoying this. I mean, you know, I, I Tom and I bump into people uh, at cons and they're always excited. Some people have Talkville shirts where you can go to talkvillepodcast.com and get them and hats. And we've got some original artwork there signed by us. Uh, lots of cool stuff. But it's, it's nice to see that people are starting to enjoy Talkville and uh, us doing this. So... And, uh, and and a big shout out to Al, who we might call today. Who knows? Our, the creator of Smallville, who we ask questions if we uh, get stumped or we don't know what the hell's going on. Al's always there. In fact, Miles, um, I just interviewed them on the, my other podcast, which will air later. But Miles was like, well, why don't you call me? Well, it's it's funny you say that because this first episode we're going to do, Suspect, is it's it's different. It uses a lot of flashbacks, whether they're true or not. Yeah, uh, it had my attention the whole time. This is a it's a different flavor of Smallville, which had my attention the whole time. So it would be fun to see where those guys thought they came up with this. Yeah, you know, uh, well, we'll get into it. But uh, look, here's our socials. It helps the podcast so much. Whether you is look, you, just you watching it really helps, and li- or listening to it. But subscribing, um, writing a review, it truly helps the podcast. And following on our socials at Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Talkville Pod on the Twitter. And um, what else? Patron. I, I don't know what else to say. The patrons are keeping the show going, and thank you for all your love and your support and giving to the show. If you want to be a patron, there's a lot of perks. Go to Patreon.com/slash/Talkville and be a patron. And uh, there's all sorts of stuff. You could also go to that talkvillepodcast.com and get Zooms with me and Tom and a bunch of other crap. It's good stuff. Patreon's a big deal for us. I'm just saying. It is. It's a big deal for Insidey, my other podcast, too. I mean, I I couldn't do the podcast. I mean, Bryce, our producer, would tell us the same thing. Well, um, I can tell you right now, and you can cut this if you want, but what I saw on Inside of You, and I texted you about it, was so insightful. Um, You know what I'm talking about. it was such a great interview. You did such a great job. Oh, and J.K. Simmons. Yeah, and you brought light into the world with his brother and whatnot. And he also said something that I thought was so fucking cool, like actor-wise, where he was like, "They that the villain sometimes loves so much what they're doing that they're fighting for it. And you maybe you don't see it. And I just hadn't had that insight before. Yeah. Like, I always knew that like, bad guys always think they're good guys. But his, he just took it a level further and i just really appreciate it so thank you for doing that episode thanks man i look i appreciate it so it's so nice when like no do not cut that bryce or jason no that's that's well, awesome i mean man. No, it means a want, lot but i mean it means I a just... lot you know it's 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 hard to get people to listen to the pot to your podcast you know whether it's this one or it's mine and you know you hope that people will just give it a chance and if you guys give it a chance go listen to the jk simmons obviously tom that was unsolicited so listen to jk simmons interview and if you like it subscribe and whatever uh uh inside of you podcast um yeah sorry i don't mean to put you guys on the spot i just really no, mean I love it. it i love it dude. Yeah. thank you um all right let's get into this man it's time without further ado let's get into season two episode 13 we're halfway through more than halfway through this is called suspect, suspect. i'm gonna watch it right now this is what i do now i put it on while we talk how good is john glover this episode yeah he's so good. really good he's really good it aired january 28th 2003 director ken biller who is also the editor right ken great editor he also helped write lineage and insurgents so that you know that's a talented guy right there writers mark verheiden and philip levins uh guest star jason connery as dominic sanatori that is guess whose son sean connery that is sean connery's son well, we've, yeah we've covered that oh, good sorry. one Mitchell Kosterman as Sheriff Ethan Miller. Patrick Cassidy as Henry Small. Synopsis, when a man like Lionel Luther with countless enemies gets shot, it's easy to suspect many different possible murderers. In this episode, Clark must figure out who was behind the shooting to find out who framed his father and free Jonathan from behind bars. 
The episode begins with Lionel Luther in the library listening to Beyond Good and Evil by Nietzsche during a stormy evening. After arranging a trip to Metropolis, Lionel is startled by an intruder who fires two shots into his chest, sends him flying over the second story into a glass table below. By the way, I think Lex has fallen into that table or that type of table multiple times. Like, I feel like that table was kind of always there. Yeah, I think it it wasn't there all the time. It kind of comes and goes. I think he moves but the he room did, around. By the, let's just remember, as this episode goes, he was shot four times in the back. No, he wasn't. He I'm was shot just twice in the chest. Twice in the chest. I counted four. Am I just an idiot? I, I counted think it was just four. two, right? I thought it was two in the chest. Yeah. And that's it. And he yeah. fell. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But even he was, so. He was what? going to shoot again, but then somebody walked in, right? Yeah, somebody walked in. But here's the deal. I, I'm with you, Tom. Even with two shots. I wrote down four, but. I, I, even listen, with I'm, two shots and then falling 20 feet through glass. Because you know what that distance is, as I do. I don't know how this man's alive. And he's blind. Not that that matters. But I don't know how he... I'm like, it should have been... Look, it was very cool. But it should have been one shot, and then maybe he falls. In the stomach. But not Not a shot right in the heart, the stomach. And then, look, suspend disbelief. Let's move on. We cut to a scene where we find the sheriff's holding Jonathan Ken at gunpoint inside the truck. Jonathan is blacked out, gripping a handgun and a bottle of booze and taken into custody as a presumed killer. I thought this opening was cinematic, incredible looking, and it just felt like a movie, like we were watching a movie. Now, it started to veer off into Candyland for me a little bit at times, but this opening was one of the best opening Smallville's ever had. It was a dark, It was very, it was extremely, extremely cinematic. And I totally agree with you that this, this episode had my attention the entire time. Like it really did. It did. It It was such a, such a departure in such the best way. And I've said this before, I think last season in our podcast, but um, referencing a Hitchcock thing where the use of uh, flashbacks, you got to be very gentle with the audience because when a flashback happens, the audience innately believes that it's true. And what this episode does is it sort of makes you wonder. And uh, that's what I like. This this episode is very different than every other episode in Smallville. That's for Absolutely. sure. Completely different. You know, I did feel that the flashbacks wore out their welcome. I felt like one flashback was cool. Two, we get it. Or they were too long. They were a little too, little too long. And then four... I mean, four yeah. flashbacks was ridiculous. It lost me a little. I'll be honest with you. It was too much, like, it was too much trying. It should have been like, we see Jonathan, and then we see the real person who did it. Or maybe three instead of four. But we saw, we saw. I think, four people. I just saw co- co- co-producer Jeff Loeb, because I'm oh, watching right now. Jeff Loeb. The next day, yep. Jonathan is visiting a cell by Martha and Clark. I thought these scenes were great. They were heartfelt. Sorry, real quick. Have you ever done a scene with another person behind bars because can you speak to the idea that you actually have to play with the bars with the camera like like the bar is here and it looks like i'm seeing you but the camera's here and so i can't actually see and your you eyes kind of go cross-eyed and yeah because it's all for the camera that's over here yeah but it looked good and what i liked also is there's nothing worse than watching a show with the jail scene on a tv show and the bars look like they can get through them i'm like are you fucking kidding me I mean, it's probably for what Tom's saying. It's like the, it's a camera thing. Like, yeah, but like gotta... it looks sometimes so <laughs> bad. You. I remember I I did one. I was on a show, and without making, f- I go, I, I looked at, it, I go, what, what? I'm mean, supposed to be in jail, and I'm like, are you guys kidding me right now? And I and I went right through them. I just walked right That's through the jail. Very me- very method. Very method. I was like, Is there a movie that did a gag like that was it a Mel Brooks movie or something? Yeah, I, I feel like someone actually did play with that. With Can't that think of it. situation. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we find out Lionel was rushed to surgery and may not make it. Uh, Jonathan tells them he doesn't know what happened, but he did not kill Lionel. All he remembers is stopping for a beer after some errands, and then everything got woozy. All right. Can I? Sorry, because I have a lot. I just have a lot about this episode in, in a fun way, and I'll keep it short. Um, in one of the flashbacks that I think we already passed, uh, Lionel says to Jonathan about the watch, it's not a big deal. It's like a Whitney sampler for you. 
Oh, no, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we're not near that. I'm so excited. Yeah, I I like that, though. I like that. Um, I I just want to say that I think this is uh, probably the best performance Schneider's given. I thought he was fantastic in this episode. I felt like, you know, I I felt like I felt like he should like when I watched this, I was like, this guy should have his own show. Yeah. Like, like this guy is really good. In this episode, I was like, if I was watching, like, I was watching, if it was unsolicited, sort of like on the outside, he was just really good and likable and the darkness and the drinking and the, all that stuff. One too many shots. I mean, it was like, come on. He kept, <laughs> it was like, okay, two shots. He just kept going. I was like, all right, that's a little much, but. Yeah, but, and I, we'll get to that. But that was, again, that's a Hitchcock would have said that was lying to the audience, but I, I'll, we'll get to this later, but there's one line later that Martha says that saves the entire episode. And I'll get to that later. All right. Ooh, I can't wait for that. Martha tells Jonathan she can ask her father, the lawyer, to take the case. I think that was weird because, you know, we know how much he likes Jonathan. So he probably wants him to go to jail for all he knows. (laughs) Jonathan's pride shoots that down real quick. Then Clark suggests Henry Small. This is the second time we've seen Jonathan locked up. First time for the dead body in the barn in Rogue. At Smallville Hospital, we see Lex arriving on the scene and getting the lowdown from Dominic, who frequents the trunks of cars. Dominic questions Lex's concerns for his father, and Lex responds by roughing him up a little bit. So uh, let's let's go back to Lex's anger issues, which is, and where's your girlfriend, the doctor, by the way? She might, I don't know. But one of the things that I think about Dominic is Dominic, I think he could have been more like Lex in I don't know. I, I just felt like he was a it didn't add up for me looking back on the episode. His anyway. You know, you know what didn't add up? Like Lionel would choose this guy. It's just what to yeah. me, I love him. He was he was great to work with, but it wasn't the right casting. No, he was like the assistant's assistant's yeah, assistant. Yeah, it was just like you'd think it would be somebody who's really <laughs> the just dog like walker. brilliant and you know, whatever. It didn't bother me too much, but I, I see what you're saying. You think he should have dug into his Scottish accent a little more? I just think he could have had a little more gravitas. You're, you're going to live long, buddy. I think maybe it had something to do with your father's death, didn't you? You sheep-stealing, whoring bastard. You gob shite. What do you think? You're a gold finger? <laughs> Three sakes. You're in this castle from. alone, beaten up. You That's, must be um, joking. Court ordered anger management does not seem to be working, as we said. Bryce, correct. <laughs> Later on in the talent, Henry Small turns down the case, and Clark is confused why the environmental activist lawyer won't take a, on his murder case. <sighs> I didn't care about this storyline at all. No, I just it didn't. Just, it was just. I really didn't. Shit. Yeah, it was like, yeah, who cares? You didn't need that. Anywho. After Henry leaves, Lana tells Clark that she witnessed Jonathan at Luther Manor the other day. She's just conveniently there listening. Well, she she was tur- she she was turning over tax revenue. I had to go back again to see why she was there, which is totally ridiculous because there was other information that was shared in that conversation between Lionel and Jonathan that she doesn't care to bring up. But moving on. <laughs> Uh, we see the flashback of Jonathan regretting ever getting involved with the Luthers and then Lionel throwing the adoption situation back in his face and a, a, a dig involving Martha. And this is when you were saying something about Jonathan, about the throwback of what he said. You said Jonathan said something or Lionel said something about to Jonathan that was conniving and like rude and walked away. Basically it worked for both families, which is why we're here. Yeah. Right. After I don't this, know if that answers the Lana reluctantly reassures Clark that the murder is not Jonathan's nature. Clark returns home to find the police looking through the canned farm on a search warrant. The sheriff finds the fancy watch that Lionel gifted Martha last episode, seemingly building a motive of Jonathan's jealousy. The sheriff goes on to tell Martha and Lionel was in the process of getting a restraining order against Jonathan after the argument they had. Now, you know, the only thing I have to say about this is you're trying to save your husband. You're trying to, what's this watch? Oh, Lionel gave it to me with affection. And I would have just said, oh, that was from years ago. It's from a friend of my friend, Lance Lickerson. Yeah. <laughs> <He> was... <laughs> she's not a liar. She's not a liar. I know and she's not a liar, but you lie for I your totally family. get. And, and by the way, I'm sorry. This is horrible for the edit. But I just remembered what you were talking about. Yes. Is when, when uh, Lionel says Whitney Sampler. Yes. 
Like, what's a Whitney sampler? Like me giving a watch to your wife is like you buying her a Whitney sampler. I just, I just want to know more. I'm sure there's a viewer out there who can. It, it was. I think he was trying to say a cheap watch. Your version of this cheap, crappy watch. And he said Whitney sampler, like a dead watch. Price, <laughs> price. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. After the sheriff continues to talk about Jonathan um, being disgruntled, we see a flashback of Jonathan at the Wild Coyote tossing back drinks and talking about wanting to kick Lionel's ass. Jonathan takes his tequila bottle to go, dives to Luther Manor, drives to Luther Manor, and is then seen putting, putting two bullets in a Lionel. This is not the first time Clark has been around the Wild Coyote. Remember Red? Yeah. Which he forgets about. Yeah. Later on in the episode. But yeah. You know, the saying. I mean, that's bad. That's bad on me, the actor, or maybe the character just doesn't recall. Yeah. I don't know. Clark takes all the information, grabs a sidekick Pete to go investigate themselves for themselves. They go to the spot where Jonathan's truck was found, and Clark uses an x-ray, x-ray vision to identify a random stray bullet shot into a cabin. Clark believes this was shot to frame Jonathan. I love it. He knows just where to look. <laughs> Finding do you guys, do you guys love Pete's red firebird? Because it doesn't live long, as maybe you've watched the next episode. And it also reminded me a little bit of uh, Miami Vice with Crockett and Tubbs driving around. We'll see a little more of that next episode. But yeah. Maybe it's that's what fun. they're going for. Because this is sort of a, uh, you know, this is like this is like a detective episode. Like Clark is playing detective. Like they're doing a whole CSI thing with him. Like, I think even Pete says at one point, like, this is your whole CSI fantasy. By the way, not to jump ahead, but when they open the freezer to find the bartender, were, yeah. you, were you ready for Pete to say, No. Damn. Who's that? Oh, I was so ready. <laughs> Will somebody record that moment? Save me. Somebody save me. I want that moment. I wanted it. Dude, I did too. I, I hope somebody out there will record it just for like a, a seven second spot and then have P like dub Pete's voice from the upper, other episode when he says, damn, who's that? Under that. Oh, who's that? Because he really doesn't know who it is, by the way. He doesn't. Pete doesn't know who that guy damn. is. Who's that? Oh, who's that? Uh, Bryce, uh, I got a text from our producer, Bryce. Uh, he said it's a picture of Whitman sampler and it's a sampler of chocolate. All right. See, it's oh, like, oh, Whitman, like, cheap Whitman's cheap chocolates. Whit Whitman chocolate. Got it's it. It's like a whole thing. It's like got a it. I got it. Let's move on. Back you at romantic. Smallville Hospital, we see a doctor informing Lex that the sheriff uh, and the sheriff that Lionel is now in a coma and things aren't looking good. Clark arrives to share his news with the sheriff and Lex snubs Clark on his way out. Dominic interrupts their convo and tells the sheriff that he believes Lex shot his father, not Jonathan. We see a flashback of uh, flashback explaining Dominic's suspicions because Lex is upset at his father for arranging the buyout of LexCorp. At Smallville High, Chloe is sad as she prepares to run the story of student's father of a student's father being a suspected murderer. Lana walks in, and Chloe goes on to share that she dug into the legal history of Henry Small and found out that Henry used to do a lot of business with Lionel, and this may be Does, why hold Henry. On, hold on, hold on, D you. Why, I mean, hold on, I, why Henry I, is hesitant to go against the Luthers in a legal case. I love your efficiency here. 
Um, does anyone know Sheriff Ethan's first name? Because I hope it's not Ethan. No, his first name. Because this Ethan. is the. F- so you would call me Sheriff Tom. <laughs> his name's Sheriff Ethan Miller. It's a small town. That's true. See Sheriff what I'm Ethan. Saying? I'm just saying. And multiple characters yeah, do you're, it. You're right. I'm sorry, it took me this long to catch it. Sheriff Ethan. What? Yeah, I. It's kind of weird. Think about it, Gomer sorry. Pyle, Deputy Pyle. It's. Well, it's it says here that it's Miller. It's Sheriff Ethan Miller. Yeah, I just said that. Oh, yeah, sorry. This just, doesn't. <laughs> this right. doesn't really make sense because Henry was more than happy to help out the save the cave legal defense to prevent the Luther construction in Skinwalker. Maybe he wasn't under Luther's thumb yet. Perhaps no, because that happened years before that. Anyway, anyway, there's a lot Damn. of inconsistency. That night, Clark bangs but- uh, barges into <laughs> talk to Lex. About the argument he had with his father that night, he was shot, suspicious if he could be involved, saying, it's not like I haven't seen you shoot somebody before. Rest in peace. Peace, Roger Nixon. I shot Roger Nixon. There was a, I, I, was, I wasn't proud of Clark in those moments. He was a little petty. I, I wish Clark would have stood his ground a little bit more. Things, and things like, escalated yeah. in these two episodes with the characters. That just yeah. didn't happen to her. I mean, it really just, it just was like. I could believe Lex did this. Yeah, but maybe in in defense to the writing staff, maybe it was more like at this point, Clark will throw Lex under the bus to save his father, anyone under the bus, because he just loves his father so much. He's looking for a well, scapegoat. I, listen, what's what's that line from the pilot? I've been bald since I was nine. I'm used to people underestimating me or I'm whatever. I'm used to judging me before they get to know me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Martha goes to visit Jonathan, who confesses to his wife that he felt like he was losing her to Lionel. I think that's this is that's just real jealousy. Where's the trust? The Kents always should have trust. All right, so this is this is why I think the episode works, and it's because of Annette's performance. There's a very small beat where he says he apologizes, and the way she says why totally illuminates the fact that she supports her husband in everything that he's doing. His character, the situation, the future, everything. And the only, and this this is why I brought it up because I'm kind of going to make fun of you about this. Great. The only reason Annette could have done that is if she read the entire script. Because she could have easily just said, I don't know what you're talking about. Why? She literally said, why? Like everything that's happening right now, why are you saying this? Because I know you better than this. So I'm talking to someone who may have not read the script. But that's why you read the script, so you know how you can come in and sort of hit those little moments. To me, that one word made everything make sense, because then you, again, the relationship now has status. I got you. You know, by the way, it's not that I don't read all the scripts, or some of the scripts. When it's an A story for Lex, and I see that, okay, I'm heavy in this, I read it. If it's like a B story that doesn't even connect to the A story and it's with some guy, Joe, the Joe character in the Cadmus Labs, I'm like, uh, I read through those scenes and I go, oh, this has nothing to do with the other story at all. I don't I, sure. need, I don't need to look at it. And as Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken once said, I don't oh. read scripts. Who's going to find out what happens anyway when you watch it? All right, Jonathan goes to apologize for letting his anger out, uh, get the best of him the next day. Clark and Pete visit the Wild Coyote. Clark acts like he's never been, although he was tearing it up a few episodes ago in red, as Tom said. Inside the bar, the bartender supports the sheriff's story of Jonathan going uh, on a bender and leaving with a vendetta for Lionel. Mid-conversation, and I rate at the idea that his father could be a murderer, Clark rages out on the bartender with big strength there. Clark and Pete leave the bar but during the drive back, a semi-truck forces them to swerve off the road, jump their car, land in the middle of a field. The boys are unscathed, but the driver pulls out a gun, uh, peers from the cabin with a rifle, fires a bullet, igniting the car. Clark kicks open the door and saves Pete before he can be harmed. And I'm going to call this out right now. I believe this could be Ryan's favorite scene. Uh, this is uh, this was awesome action. The, the car crash. The semi, the gun, the car exploding, how fast you super speeded Sam out of there. It was, it was, it was really freaking cool. I, I thought this was a great action sequence. I have three comments about this. Number one. Oh, great. Shitting on the show. Number one, I remember with Sam, the idea was that we were gonna run and I was gonna fall on top of him. And we tried it the first time and it was just awkward. 
I'm much bigger than he is. I fell on him. It didn't feel good. And I said, well, here's what we're going to do. In the sense of keeping this grounded, when we run, I'm going to throw you so that when I dive, I can use my elbow and not fall on you completely. Uh, that was my first one. Number two, the car exploding leads to the next episode where he gets a replacement car of a just simply a different color, which is great. And number three, the semi-truck disappears in an instant Yeah, yeah. after the shot. So, Yeah, you don't even hear driving away. Maybe it's electric. <laughs> did, they explain, did they explain why it's a semi? Like, no, why is he driving a semi Why truck? is it a semi? That, and who, what, very like, good. Are we supposed to assume? I, yeah, I guess the bartender or, no, the sheriff has a, why would he, why would he drive a pickup truck or a, a semi? We never talk about why. Hey, so I think that Sheriff Ethan Miller should, should drive this big no, old semi truck so it's it can be more truck. conspicuous bullshit clark takes pete to the hospital lex shows up to check on clark there we learn that lex has suspicions that dominic could be the one behind his father's murder later on at the talon henry small learns that lana has been snooping into his past lana's pissed that he's pissed at her prying henry opens and admits that the reason he was released was because he refused to follow along with lionel's unethical plans. what is this accent right now is it terrible <laughs> no i mean i'm enjoying it keep going after we learn why Henry doesn't take murder cases anymore, Lana convinces him to not hide from his past, and so he accepts Jonathan's case. Henry Small and the Kents go to visit Jonathan to brief him on their case. We learn that Dominic's alibi is flimsy, but unfortunately the only person who could corroborate is the bartender who is now missing. That night, Clark decides to investigate where the bartender may be, so he takes Pete to commit their second breaking and entering of the season and stop by the wild coyote. This time, the guys don't have a body fall on top of them, but rather they find the bartender in the meat freezer. I found the bartender in the There's freezer. There's a really great movie, Layer Cake. It read me a Layer Cake. It's a really great movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, um, speaking of CSI, Pete's line, it wasn't Damn Who's That, sadly, but it was... You love CSI. What was it? What was it? No, it, it, it's a talk about sleeping with the fishes, oh, like yeah. on some David Caruso well, he literally says, talk about sleeping with the fishes. By the way, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers. I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. I got 15 stories from other actors who worked on CSI, especially Miami. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've heard. Fantastic. Oh, I've heard the stories. I've heard, but, I've heard like, literally, he'll go like this. He'll go, he'll do this. He'll take off his glass. He goes, it wasn't me. It was you. And then if he likes the, t no, he'll go again and they'll go. It wasn't me. It was you. And then he'll go look at, he'll look at the script supervisor or whatever and go. And that means that's the take a snap. And that, and that he'd go home. I mean, honestly, he may be great on maybe a great actor, but I've never seen I don't. I'm. I'm not going to put him down. But it was the worst acting in the history of acting. I've never seen it. it, was it? You will not believe what you're watching. It's. It's. And people love it. It's the think biggest so. show ever. I'm not saying it's not a fun show. I just. What is he doing? It's like. It's. It's just so funny. It's like. Well, he wasn't that. Yeah, he, but Colombo did the same thing in a different editing no, style. No, Colombo was good. He would. Yeah, we got to check the score here. No, Colombo would do this. I just love that you ah, shouted. Colombo was good. There. 
Yeah, but it's not 1978 either. He goes, one more thing, Mr. Robinson. Your husband was left-handed, but uh, the, the murder was shot with a right fucking trailer. <laughs> he did something. I, I just really loved Columbo. Look, I don't think Cruz is a bad actor. I think that was a bad choice. Hey, he's but fantastic. He is he's fantastic. one of the best I've ever seen. No. Yeah. You're an idiot. Mad Dog and Glory, are you kidding me? I said he's a good actor. I just don't like that part. You know, you can blame me for kicking it old school. I, you know, whatever. That was a different. That was a different movie. Clark grabs a photo on the wall of the bar and is convinced he knows who the murderer is. That night in Smallville Hospital, we see an unknown figure carrying a silenced pistol entering one of the rooms. They fire three shots into what is believed to be Lionel Luther. Before Clark turns on the lights and catches them in the act, it's the sheriff. Clark cracks open the whole case without any help from Chloe. The sheriff used the bartender to help frame Jonathan for Lionel's murder, when in actuality, he wanted him killed because the Luthers are bad for Smallville. Okay, this is where it lost me. You went from, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. What the hell are we doing? It just was like, I mean, it made no sense. Why would the sheriff do that? Why? Okay, he got mixed up with him. It just, it just, and he, and he's crying about Jonathan and I didn't mean to do, I mean, I, I liked, I just don't know what happened. I, I don't tell me I, what happened. No, I have no idea, but I, it just I, felt, I think what happened, know. you know, a couple episodes ago with the, with the Koachi caves and Clark was trying to save them. And I hate the uh, caves. The, 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 the girl who could turn into the, the wolf unfortunately died. I was Sheriff Ethan there to tell Lionel what was going on because maybe that was the the first I don't know I think they could have they could have made Sheriff Ethan's plate they could have plugged it better this is the unfortunate thing about wrapping up every episode into a nice little bow oh yeah when you do that coda you take away story you take away subtext you take away character development you take away a lot of things which leaves your audience saying what the f and this isn't a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to say it was bad, but if you would have added something with Sheriff Ethan Miller in a previous episode to set it up, the payoff would have been profound. It would have worked. And this was like, how do we make it him? Oh, now they think it's him. Now they think it's him. You've got 44 minutes. Stop with all the bullshit. Pick the person you think it could be. It's not him, so it's this guy, and wrap up a story. That is just, to me, a missed opportunity. And again, I liked the episode. It was well-directed. It was well shot. I thought you were absolutely terrific in this episode. I'm not just saying that. You were great in this episode. Really felt your feelings towards the different characters and... um I just really liked you in this episode. I noticed that's something Thank that you. was apparent to me. But this episode, along with others, would have been so much more impactful if the story would have been a little bit more explained. Well, I I also think that did anyone else catch the the when the when Pete's car flies through the air the uh, the Dukes of Hazard reference no. shot by shot was it? It makes yeah. sense now. It's exactly why, and it's exactly how they shot it. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious because I grew up on Dukes of Hazard, and it took me two years to tell uh, John Schneider, who played my dad for two years, that I even saw it. Um, so when it, let me literally, it's it's the same shot by shot sequence. Yeah, and I'm glad it was subtle that people wouldn't be like, you know, we didn't hear the music, we didn't hear the horn because. <laughs> Because yeah. we already heard the song playing in his truck, Jonathan's truck, in episodes before. Just the good old boys. And it was yeah. kind of like, okay, that's funny. Don't do it again. You did it. Don't do it again because it cheapens the show. And I'm glad they didn't do that. It wasn't in your face. You had to just tell me this because I didn't I didn't see the reference. But now I do. So that's, that's cool. Um, the next day, uh, Lex stops by the Kent Loft. To check on Clark, the two talk about the idea of someone turning towards darkness. Uh, I I really like this scene between us. It was it, it spoke volumes. The pauses when certain things were said, like looking at each other, like I hope this doesn't happen between us. Without saying too much, they didn't nail it, knock it over the head. You know what I mean? They didn't just keep hitting us over the head with a hammer. Next, Lex goes to visit his father, who's recovering in the hospital. Lionel goes on to share why the sheriff had 
had it out for him. Apparently, Lionel had the sheriff in his back pocket to help him buy out LexCorp. The episode ends with Lionel encouraging his son to join them onwards to the future. Join me and the dark side will rule forever. You know what? I also noticed this. You know when Lionel in the beginning, when um, he really is blind because we're seeing Come him on. on his own. No, he knows no one's around him and he's using that thing to read, dictate what he's reading. No. What do you mean? There's no one there to see him. You know what I thought was going to happen at the end of no the episode? No pun intended. I thought he was going to say, Lex, nice suit. Like I could see. <laughs> I thought for some well, reason. Well, I, I, I do have one question. There was a one flashback where Lex listens to or overhears the conversation between Dominic and Lionel about Dominic's future. And Lex comes in and says, oh, I uh, forgot my keys. And what you have to understand is Lex believes that Lionel's blind because Lionel turns to look at Dominic and Lex is standing behind Dominic. But Lex doesn't run away because he's like, my dad's blind. He can't see me. He doesn't know I'm here anyway. But I love the way you say, oh, I forgot my keys. And my question to you was, was that ad-libbed? Because that could have been an easily a situation where you didn't say anything. I don't remember. I, just, I, just didn't. I, no, I got that too. That was good. Oh, I forgot my keys? Yeah. I, yeah I oh, the, the, the I forgot my keys. Yeah. What? It was just a, f- a fun delivery. <laughs> when, exactly. Wait, where was it? Uh, in the flashback uh, proving that or that Dom did it, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. It's the last It's the last flashback. So mm-hmm. I say, oh, I forgot my keys. It's like, why are you standing yeah. there? But you're just like, I forgot my keys. And you stare him right in the eyes. It's good. Oh, thanks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all yeah, right. Well, great. Interesting things of note. At 14 episodes, Ethan was the single most frequently seen character, recurring character, not guest star, of the first two seasons. Sheriff Ethan? Miller. I really liked him too. He's a nice guy and he did a great job. He just had that wholesome sort of guy. Uh, you know, he just felt real. Last no, appearance. I don't, hate, I don't hate him and I don't hate on him at all. I just don't know why we called him Sheriff by his first name. It's just. This is the last all appearance of, a weird to me. of Jason Connery as Dominic Sanatoria. What happens to him, you think? Uh, again, story not wrapped up. <laughs> you know, maybe they were just like, you know, I, I don't know. The book read by Lionel Luther at the beginning is titled Beyond Good and Evil. It was Nietzsche who first proposed the term Superman as a goal which humanity should set itself. And now it's time for the hotline, hotline. Here we have the hotline. Hey, everyone. It's Michael Piccioni from Texas. There was a cool special effect in the episode Suspect where Clark is crushing a lock with his bare hand. Tom, I'm curious if you could recall and tell us a little bit more about how that was pulled off. Thanks, everybody. Man, our props department... Bless them. Mikey and I would walk into every situation with that same question. How am I going to do it? And they would say, this is how you do it. And I'd be like, oh, it would fall apart like candy. They'd have two or three of them just in case. But it was just like a candy lock. And as you can see, I I remember this from watching it. You can see me kind of crushing it and then getting quick with it, which I would have done differently now that I see it. But our props apartment words, they were so brilliant. Yeah, I love so those brilliant. guys. Mikey, Justin, we love you. You're not listening. You're working. Unlike us. Here we go. Katrin. When Clark and Lex are having really intense conversations, did you guys ever find yourselves breaking character as the show went on since you became better friends? Thanks. I'd say, yeah. I'd say we were always kind of messing around yeah. and, and uh, just uh, kind of enjoying each other and enjoying the moment and trying to, you know, you're always trying to be light on set, you know? Sometimes you have heavy scenes, but like when the when the camera stopped rolling, it was just like, how do we have a laugh? How do we just chill out? How do we just? I think we had a very unique relationship, you and I especially. But I it also I had it, and maybe because I needed the help, which I welcomed. But um, and I haven't found this so much other places. A lot of times, actors are just doing their thing, and they're going to let you do your thing. But on Smallville, there was sometimes like Sam did this. Allison did this. You did it especially, and I mean in the best sense. And John Schneider did this, and Annette sometimes too. Just a little in between takes, just a little bit of, hey, what about this? What about this? You know, and it, what it did is it brought the performances. It overlapped them and integrated them so much better. And I think that's what you see because I needed the help. I I think you nailed it. I I think it was the the being comfortable on set. Being comfortable enough to 
have the freedom to try things, to do things, to feel welcome to do that, to everybody wanted you to look the best and be the best. And, you know, I haven't really had that uh, as much as I had on Smallville. Um, there definitely was that feeling. I think when I shot Impastor, there was a, there was definitely moments where, with certain actors that I felt sure. like just this freedom. And it's such a wonderful feeling when someone's there for you and you're there for them. And there's well, not... you, you and I, you and I share a very um, unique experience that we both worked with Steve Martin, and I, I, I don't know what you did with him on set, but there, for me, there was this one quick story where. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I have a very small line that I say to him at the end. And, and the line is to, to basically tell him, you know, dad, I don't need you. You know, F off. And I think we did it two or three times and it was on, on Steve's coverage and on the on the final take, I screamed it at him. I screamed it. Like, there's no way the sound even picked it up. I just screamed at him. And I walked away. And as I walked off set, I saw the director. He was terrified. He's like, you just screamed at Steve Martin in his face. But as I look back and I saw the monitor, Steve Martin, I he he went with it. And that's what's in the movie in Cheaper the Dozen. And I'm not saying that, like, it was a good choice, but it was a choice, you know, and sometimes you got to go with that. And go I guess there's a, yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. And it's about people making you comfortable. It's like nice to work with it. Sometimes you don't get it on, on the, not to mention my other podcast, but inside of you, this week's guest is Michael Bean, who this, you're going to love this, uh, you know, tombstone aliens, Terminator. Oh yeah. He was awesome. And he talks about like on tombstone, how Val and everybody, nobody like most people just they didn't even talk to each other like they were doing oh their, really they were doing their own thing and val they but, uh, but they would get on set and they would just do it you know they would do uh, it and that would be it they wouldn't go hey let's try this or hey let's i mean it was just uh, like sort of like the, hey let's work you know what you're doing i know what i'm doing let's do it and i don't i don't like that I, that's not how when i work best i like when people are like going hey want to give another chance want to do another shot yeah go ahead good shot good good stuff man just support i like that you know but it, but whatever I, makes I, you I, tick I, whatever makes you tick 
I don't want to I don't want to take up too much time with this, but I just did a movie with the actor who in between takes the headphones were on. He was the bad guy. I was the good guy. And if I spoke to him, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. He never spoke to me. He never responded to what I said. Yep. But at the same time, I got real. I I realized he's doing his thing, and what he was doing was fantastic. Yeah, you're right. So, at least I knew what was up. You know. No, I think I did that with 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 John with Lionel Luther. I think I was always goofing around, kind of pissing him off, and trying to like. And at first, I think he was like, "What the fuck is he?" You know. And I was like, "Oh, he's being lax in a way." And it was just like, yeah. you know, it, it was. It was sort of how I worked. However you work is the way you work. And if it works yeah, for little, you, I, and I think John saw it as petulance in a way, which, hey, whatever fuels your your energy. Yeah, I agree. This is, uh, here's another. Comment. By the way, thank, great question. <laughs> Hi, this is Wes from Hoffman Estate. Ryan's like, like, I like the, the concept of the whodunit situation. I was really hoping that it would be Derek that was the one who shot Lionel um, and that the, the sheriff kind of came out of left field. So I, I was wondering what your guys' thoughts on that, if you felt the same way or if there was another approach you were hoping that the episode would take. Thank you. Okay, well, I want to say this. I think this guy just nailed it. I think what you just said, Wes, is how I feel. It felt like it's got to be Dominic. But then the writers are probably like, I know that's what they're going to think. And we'll get them with something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and that's what they did because it wasn't Lex. It wasn't, Oh, it's Dominic. And I, at first I wasn't thinking it was Dominic. Were you right away? I mean, I would, I, yeah, no, he's yes. He hit the nail on the head. Like we're mm -hmm. all, we're all thinking it's supposed to be Dominic, but then, as a writer, you're like, that's too easy. Let's, yeah, let's throw something that crazy doesn't make it. any sense. But like, because they're, they're thinking in terms of like a whodunit, and that's what whodunits are like. This whole episode was like a, it was a genre thing, and they were just doing a yeah. whodunit, and like, here is the real bad guy. You have two Do you, yeah. do you guys remember a couple a episodes ago yeah. where, do you guys remember a couple episodes ago where Lex's lackey came in and he wanted to keep his job, and Lex was like, I, I, it should have been that guy. Yeah. He was kind of, what's the word? smarmy yeah uh here we go hey guys oh. this is matt from allentown pennsylvania i'm calling about episode suspect uh is it bad that i'm starting to feel bad for lionel this man has been assaulted helped ransom blinded and now shot like he, he's a shit dad and really corrupt but damn what what are your thoughts yeah you know what you are disgusting <laughs> matt how dare you i mean look if you still feel for him you're either a psychopath or, <laughs> or I I still feel for him. No, I'm telling know, you, this I'm is John. Matt. The second note I have is Glover at his best, operatic. It's on my notes. He's so good at convincing you. He he makes me he makes me like double think everything I want to know all the time. He's so good. Look, John's brilliant. He's delivering. He's you can't say anything bad about the guy, but he is a horrible man. And I don't feel for him at all. It is funny when you put it in this context. Like he has been shot, he's been assaulted. Yeah, he, he's he just does he does lousy things. And you're gonna, you're gonna hear more lousy things. Yeah. Anyway, uh sorry, let's go to Olivia. That's a funny term. Olivia, I like Good your question. name. Hi, this is Olivia from Tennessee, and I remember reading a review a long time ago when the episode was new that Sheriff Ethan didn't make any sense as the attacker, and that the story would have been served better if it had been someone like Henry Small. So my question for you guys is, do you believe that Sheriff Ethan was the perfect choice to be Lionel's attacker? And if not, who do you think would have been better? I Thanks, did. Olivia. We we agree with you. We kind of already talked about that. We just yeah, we want to talk more about that. But thank you. But yes, no, I agree. I, agree I, with I you. thought Henry Small was going to be a suspect at some point too because of the way he. Yeah, that was a good idea, case. Olivia, for sure. I yeah. really did. Yeah. I did too. Well, no, I didn't, but it's a good idea. Uh that just brings up the fact that remember when Lana was witnessed the whole thing at the mansion, and then we never saw her again. Mm -hmm. Weird, wild stuff. I did not know that. Got a great guest for you tonight. Uh, but I did Hackers not know here. that. <laughs> Hey, this is Jeremy from Chandler, Arizona. Uh, there's a line in this uh, from the bartender saying that Jonathan has always had a temper since high school, and it hit me. Uh, Jonathan does have a temper, and he's gotten into a lot of fights in Smallville, but never won any of them. Just kind of curious what your thoughts might be around that or what purpose it might have been for the overall story or his story anyway. 
Hey, thanks. You got a great Wait, voice. First of, first of all, great voice. Second of all, <laughs> did I hear that correctly? That Jonathan got in all these fights, but he's never won any of them? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, yeah. he hasn't really won. Well, he did beat up Martha's father. No wonder he's so angry. He won beat up. He yeah. beat up the father. But he sort of lost the war on that one. Ooh. Well, profound. you know, the underdog story is always a little more in. We don't know the answer have, to have that. Seen, have you ever seen Rocky? Yeah. <laughs> hey. What's the quote? Look, it's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit. That's what he said. It's not how hard you can hit. It's how you hard you can get hit. All right, here we go, Evan. Hi, Talk Bill crew. This is Evan from Olympia, Washington. While watching this episode in preparation for the podcast, did any of you figure out that the sheriff was the baddie before the reveal? Watching it this time, almost a decade later, I still couldn't remember who it was. Until I the was last pissed. Moment. Thanks. You know, we agree with all of you guys. This is just a very terrible third act and makes no sense. It's a shame because two-thirds of the show was really fun and really good and really intriguing, well-shot, well-directed, well-edited, well-scored. Everything was great. And then it completely farted. Just a complete fart at the end. It was just like, it was like, all the leaves are... Like, maybe it should have been Martha. Stuff. I just, Believe. I think they, they could have, they could have. Could have, would have, should have. Sheriff Ethan, by his first name, I think they could have maybe put him somewhere in the beginning of the episode. That's like, what I said. Or, or another something, episode. Somewhere. Let it go. It's over. Here All we right. go. Rosenbaum ratings. Um, it's going to be a tough one. I have a feeling Tom will get the highest score, followed by Ryan, and then me. Tom, start us out. One. Wow. I thought you'd give higher than that. One no. rose from Thomas Welling. Ryan. One for me as well. I'll give it a rose as well. All Three right. roses. Cool. I mean, one rose. Yeah. One dead. The bartender. Were you going to give it one or did you just do that because you No, did that? I was thinking about like if I thought you were going to give it one and a half or something or two. I, I you know, it was a two. It, it, it was a one. Then it became a two, and at the end, I was like, Meow. yeah, it just was like kind of like a fart. Yeah, sorry, Sheriff Ethan. Mm -hmm. First name. We loved working with you. You're a good guy, good actor. One dead. The bartender was sleeping with the fishes. Two saved. Clark saves Pete and Lionel through 13 episodes in season two. 19 dead. 23 saved in the series. 49 dead. 58 saved. A lot of deaths, and every one of them Clark was involved with, like in that storyline. All those, all the young actors are pretty much involved in all these deaths. Think about all the characters in the show that die and this and that. The story always revolves around the Kents, the Luthers, and these people that die. <laughs> it's so funny. Ryan's favorite scene. You, are, you have them written down? Have you chosen your scene? Why does it have anything to do with the term mutual enmity? Do, do you know what that means? Wreak that, havoc that and let says. the dogs of what was that? The dogs of war. What is it? Wreak havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Okay, right. um, here we go. Here are the scenes. Number one. All right, three favorite scenes from this episode. Uh, one, the cold open. Uh, what happens in the cold open? Oh, oh yes, yes. The, cold the, where, where it all gets set up. And right, all, the right, whole right. Thing gotcha. Sort of gets underway. Uh, number two, the car explosion. Mm. And number three, you called that, Rosie. You called it. Number three, uh, Lex and Clark in the loft at the end, talking about darkness. Car explosion. See, I was going to say that. No, you already did say no, that. No, but I, so. I said I think that's what probably what it was going to be. But now that I think about it, that cold opening was great. And the talk between Lex and Clark at the end was really profound and important for the show. Ryan, Ryan doesn't like talking. He likes things that add to the future. Cold opening, final answer. Yeah, cold open. Yeah! Yes, I gave you a fight. Just threw it out there. Because, like... At, it was awesome. I was... It, it, it At the outset, I was like, this is going to be different. And I'm just going to strap in and I'm going to I'm gonna be on board with whatever this is that they're going for. Uh, well, I... Cute. Very cute. Thank you. There you have it. I love it. I got one here. Um, that's it for the episode. Uh, it was enjoyable. It wasn't uh, amazing. But it was good. It was worth watching. Um, One last thing I'll say. How happy... I, I don't know about you guys, and I don't think I appreciated this this time. I just love these Clark Pete scenes. Every time I'm with Pete, I love it. You, I love you watching it. You know what's it. funny? I, 
I, I will do. say this. When we were shooting the show and I w- watched a few episodes here and there, I I just remember going, you know, it's kind of fluff, whatever. It's just like, it's, you know, cute but it's teenage fun. stuff. It's, well, it's what I'm going to say is now watching it from a different perspective and watching it, I do rather enjoy you guys together. Yeah. I will say that. Um, that's it for the episode. Stick around next week as we turn things up to 11 and talk about season two, episode 14, Rush. That was Blanche yawning. Uh, by the way, nope. Like, this wasn't intentional, but a lot of Pete and Clark in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. And there is. I'm not going yeah. to say anything right now, but um, there's some. There's some cool stuff in there. Uh, let's take the discussion online. Let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at Talkville Podcast or at Talkville Pod. Please show the support if you'd like to support the podcast. Patreon is really the way to do it. Listening or watching, um, writing reviews, all great if you could do that. I mean, that. but if you also want to give back to the show in other ways, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Talkville and get some perks and support the show in any way become a patron we'll read your name at the end of every episode we'll shout out your name and we'll put a little twist on it i'm sure every once in a while and uh if you want any information also talkvillepodcast.com for um great merch we've got these pieces of art that um may charters did they're beautiful prints. There's only 55, but they're mostly gone. They're online. Uh, there's not 55 anymore. No, there's very few. And there's um they're autographed by me and Tom. And they can't, you can't make any more prints of this because we signed all of them. And that's it. They're done. So they're originals and they won't be back. Um, so check out that in uh store. And also the inside of you online store has a bunch of smallville merch as well and scripts and stuff like that. And we should get like a we should sign a couple of uh, pilot episodes and put them on the website so people could buy like the pilot signed by me and you. I'll I'll figure that out, Tom. I'll send you some stuff. Um and uh, you know the number for the hotline, which we didn't bring up. It was what was it again? What did we say? What was the neat? Uh 323 Jet Cute. 323 Jet Cute. Yes. And uh, that's about it, man. I had a lot of fun today. And uh, Tom, we weren't, you weren't in a great mood, but I think you turned it around. No, I, I was in a bad mood coming into this. 213 Jet for, Cute. What, Tom? I was in a bad mood coming into this. So thank you for, uh, you know, mood backwards is doom. So uh, James Marshall taught me that. Mood um, backwards so I still, is doom. Yeah. And good thank you backwards for, is yeah. doog. Remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. We'll see you. See you, boys. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best in class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. And once again, our top tier patrons, without you, we could not do this podcast. I can't emphasize that. So if you want to join Patreon, please do support the podcast, patreon.com slash talkville. And we'll hopefully keep this podcast going because we love it doing it. It reminds me of the U2 song, With or Without You, except it's only with you. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this podcast with or with you. <laughs> All right. Here are the names. Here we go. Uh, Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Janine R, Santiago M. Where are those statues, man? Leah S, Little Lisa, Thomas the Leaf Blower, Sophie M, Betsy D, Liliana A, Abby P, Ray Harada, Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more, Lilani and Brett G. I was hoping you were going to keep going, but I always hold on to small. Estevan G, DJ Kento, Garrett W, Kimberly L, Justin S, Tom N, Tony P, Rodolfo. Jason W. Osama A. Lana Rhymes with Banana W. Nancy D. Brian G. Sarah W. Justin T. And Lucio. Actually, Lana Rhymes with Banana W. Uh, really? Amanda R. Teddy127. Michael P. 
Uh, Michael has to pee right after this podcast. Ryan R. Okay. Grumpyitis. Uh, Jordan M. Hillary B. Welcome. Craig G. Christy R. Karen P. Derek G. Jorel. Richard S. Heather and Greg. Nico P. And I made Smallville say butts. Brian H. Eric K. Clark's mom. Kristen B. Takashi M. Kevin E. Nanin W. Stephanie K. Dark. Darth. Achilles. Finky. Mickey E. Stephen F. Damn. Who's that? <laughs> Jeanette E. Deadvid. Allison H. General Zod. Luke. L-U-C. The Daily Planet goes to 11. Shouldn't it be till 11? Our Achilles R. Big D. Doug R. Carlos C. Tommy Z. Boston 68. Isabel. Corey L. Ivy. And Sam. Mr. Home Arcade. Cal T. Amanda K. Jesse C. Lumberjack. Claire M. Fourth favorite. Character underscore. We'd love her, Zoe. Scott S. D. Brown. Joshua W. Uh, Alice, be kind. Please rewind. Uh, Good luck with this one. Karenera. Karenera. Hey, oh. Karenera. M. Eldon Supremo. <laughs> Leslie V. Tatiana S. Robert G. Natalia G. Julie with one eye. I know, Julie. Jules. McBurts. Hi, McBurts. Ginger Moose. Knuckles. Leslie and Jordan. Christopher S. <laughs> Uh, Katie B, Michelle M, Drew, Little V. We'll get another little there. Brittany S, Smallyak underscore Sassy underscore Bibu. Smallyak Sassy Bibu. Marisol P, Michael R, Veronica Q, Sebastian F, and Cheryl H. I'm so glad you got that one with the underscores. Well, I'm not going to say the underscores next I'm time. I'm never going to say that one. I'll never say the underscores. Oh. Guys, we love you. We can't do it without you again. Thank you so much for the love and uh, always hold on to small. Always. Always.